Um, again, a lot going on. There's a lot happening. And so I'd like to take this time, uh, this sort of remaining time that we have together and share a few scriptures with you. Um, specifically, I want to remind us of <clears throat> what I'm calling the big picture. Um, the big picture. Again, many things going on. I do appreciate so much that the, the women that are involved in putting together the service on Sunday. Uh, I mean, I'm not part of the planning, but I, can, I hear the planning and I see what's, going, what's in store. And it looks like it's going to be amazing. So uh, I really am excited about that. And then I know, as, as Leslie mentioned, the retreat that is coming up at the end of the month, that's also going to be amazing as well. It's truly going to be a retreat uh, at times to really connect with God. And uh, so again, many, many things that are going on. It's all good, all great things, but it is, it is good at times to stop. And especially when a lot of things are going on, whether they're good or whether they're bad, it's good for us to stop and remember the big picture. Let me read to you. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verses 16 through 18. 2 Corinthians 4, 16 through 18, it says, Therefore, we do not lose heart. Though outwardly we are wasting away, yet inwardly we are being renewed day by day. For our light and momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs them all. So, we fix our eyes, not on what is seen, but what is unseen. Since what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. This is an amazing verse How uh, 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 from the Apostle Paul. who and, and it's amazing to think about how Paul viewed the problems and the struggles in his life as, quote, light and momentary. And it's especially amazing because just two chapters later in 2 Corinthians chapter 6, Paul will list his troubles. He will give us a list of the things that he's been going through. He talks about beatings that he had endured for his faith. He talks about being in prison for his faith. He talks about the riots that have gone on because of faith. He talks about all the hard work that he's been involved in. He talks specifically about sleeplessness. He talks about being hungry. And he, so he gives this list of all these troubles that he's going through, but he is able to write about them and call them light and momentary. And you got to ask yourself, why? Why can he do that? What is it? Why is he able to, to endure such difficulties in his life and, and walk away thinking of them as light and momentary? Well, the answer, quite simply, is that Paul had an eternal perspective. He had a big picture of what was going on. You know, when you and I have a big picture, when we remember the big picture, we, we, we can surprisingly endure the temporary. You know, I remember uh, a couple years ago, it was about this time of the year. Uh, it was during March Madness. I'm a huge Syracuse uh, fan. I went to Syracuse University. So I'm a big fan of their sports, especially football and especially this time of year, basketball. And I remember one particular year, Syracuse had made it into the big tournament, the big NCAA tournament. 
And um, they were scheduled to play, and I was excited to watch the game. And right before the game was about to start, I had to run downstairs into the basement and get something. And as I was you know, hurrying down the stairs into the basement, I don't know, I just went really, I was going very quickly, and I thought I was at the bottom uh, of the staircase, but I wasn't. I was like three steps from the bottom. And so thinking I was at the bottom, I, I took a, a final longer step, thinking I would, you know, step down onto the ground. But because I was three steps or four steps up, there was nothing there. And I ended up falling forward in my haste. And I came down on my, uh, on my, on my foot and my ankle twisted. And I heard pop, pop, pop. And I fell to the ground in incredible pain. And I remember laying there on the ground thinking, oh my goodness, I think I just broke my ankle. And then I thought, yeah, but the game is about to start. <laughs> and I, and so, and so I, I called out to my wife and we had another friend was there. We called out and, and I, I, I couldn't get up. I was in so much pain. And, and so they helped me up the stairs and they took me into the living room. And we just, I decided, I said, you know, just, just put me on the couch and I'm going to prop my leg up and I'm going to watch the game and then, and then I'm going to go to the hospital. Because I thought, if my ankle is, is broken, it'll still be broken in a, in, in a couple hours. But I didn't want to miss the game. And, and so I sat there with my leg propped up and my ankle swelled up to, you know, to huge. And, uh, and then after the game was over, I ended up, you know, going to urgent care and they looked at it and it wasn't broken. It was just very severely sprained. But I'm saying that to say, when you have a bigger picture, you can, you can tend to endure the pain. When you understand something greater, when you have a bigger calling, you can endure the temporary pain. And that's what we see here with the Apostle Paul. That's what we see him talking about. Now, the great thing about this passage, 2 Corinthians, is that throughout this, he, he, he actually gives us an insight into some of those greater perspectives that he has that allows him to call his troubles light and momentary. And so what I'd like to do uh, tonight is I'd like to look at three of them. And, and they're right there. You, you can probably find a lot more if you read through this passage on your own as well. But we're going to look just in the very next chapter, 2 Corinthians chapter 5, where Paul elaborates even more on his thinking and, 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 and what it is that moves him and motivates him. And so we're going to read this together, and we're going to try to understand this greater picture, this big picture, this more eternal perspective, so it can help us when we are going through our difficult and our troublesome times. So let's read on together in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, beginning in verse 1. It says, Paul writes, For we know that if the earthly tent we live in is destroyed, we have a building from God, an eternal house in heaven, not built by human hands. Meanwhile, we groan, longing to be clothed, instead with our heavenly dwelling. Because when we are clothed, we will not be found naked or naked, as some people say. For while we are in this tent, we groan and are burdened because we do not wish to be unclothed, but to be clothed instead with our heavenly dwelling. 
so that what is mortal may be swallowed up by life. Perspective number one, Paul understood that we have been created to live. We have been created to live. In this passage, you get kind of a glimpse of what how Paul sees life and what he's talking about. And he's talking about this life and our bodies and our, 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 this world we live in as a tent, you know? And he's contrasting this tent, uh, something that is temporary with what is eternal. And what he's concluding is that, yes, in this life, in this temporary world, we do have troubles. But what helps us is we keep our minds on what is eternal. We remember that this place, this life is just temporary. That we are really, we've really been created to live. We've been created to be eternal beings. And this makes sense. It makes sense when you read Ecclesiastes chapter 3, verse 11, which reads, which tells us that God has set eternity into, in the human heart. In other words, God has put in us an, an understanding, a desire, a need to be connected to the eternal. That's how God has made us. God has created us to live. That's who we really are. Yes, we live in this temporary world. Yes, we have our burdens and our troubles and our difficulties, but that's not really who we are. We've been created to live. Sometimes it's easy to fall in love with our tents. Sometimes it's easy to think that, our, our, the, the, that these tents that we live in, this life we live in, is, 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 is the end game. But it's not. There's something more eternal than that. You know, I remember uh, growing up as a kid, you know, I, I never really was a big fan of camping. Um, I've, camp, I've been, gone camping many times. We used to do it a lot as a kid. But, you know, I love being outdoors, but camping, I can kind of take it or leave it, you know? I, you know, I just as happy to be inside too, you know, than be in a tent somewhere. And so I remember uh, early on in our marriage, when Leslie and I first got married for our honeymoon, we, um, we, we packed up the car and we took the cash that we had and we just drove from New York all through New England. No real schedule, just having fun, just touring uh, all of New England through in, in the fall, in the early fall. Uh, and, and, and Leslie said, hey, why don't we put the tent in our car. We had a tent and she goes, why don't we take that with us? I was like, eh, I don't really want to. Okay. All right. I'm not really looking forward to, you know, being in a tent, but okay. So we took it and sure enough, when you know that along our travels, we found a campground in New England that was right on the ocean. It was beautiful. You know, and New England ocean uh, beaches are, are, are a little bit different than Southern beaches. It, you know, there's rocks and you know, it's really, really beautiful. And so we, 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 uh, we got a, t a, a campground there and then we went out for dinner and we had a romantic dinner together, had a great time. Then we went back to our tent and, you know, it was a beautiful night and the moon was out and the ocean, you could hear the ocean in the distance. And she's like, I don't understand why you don't like camping. This is amazing. <laughs> I was like, this is not camping. I grew up camping was like, oh, you dropped your, you're trying to cook a hot dog over a campfire and you drop it in the fire. I so say, you got to dig it out and wipe it off and that's your dinner. You know, <laughs> that's, that's the camping I grew up with. But it's so easy for us to get like, you know, sucked into our tents and to think that this temporary life is 
is, is really where it's at. When the truth is, the truth is all of this is temporary. Let us not be people who put our faith and our value and our hope in our tents. You know, we spend a lot of time building our homes, building our bodies, building our possessions, building our portfolios, building our bank accounts, building our wardrobes, building our careers, uh, accumulating our accomplishments. And all of these things are not wrong. In fact, we need to be responsible people who take care of these things. But this is not our life. Our ultimate, this is not our ultimate identity. This is a temporary identity. We have been created for eternity. We've been created to live. You know, one of the best examples of this and the most amazing examples of this is the resurrection of Jesus. I've been studying out uh, the book of Luke and reading it for my, my daily uh, Bible study in my quiet time. And I've just now gotten into the part where, where Jesus has been crucified. And then today I just reread the resurrection. And it's just, I mean, you know, I know the story and we're getting ready next month to celebrate the anniversary of the resurrection uh, on Easter. I mean, but it just, it really is a remarkable story. It's amazing God's wisdom and his power when all hope was lost, when people had given up and people had failed and all the people around him had blown it or messed up or, or left or, or, you know, people just thought it was over. And Jesus died, and then he came back to life. I mean, that is a, an amazing display of the power of God. And that is the power that lives within us, the Bible says. We have been created to live. So let us not get lulled by the temporary. 1 John chapter 2, verse 17, it says, The world and its desires pass away. But whoever does the will of God lives forever. How is it that Paul is able to see his troubles as light and momentary? Well, one, he understood that, that, that we were actually created to live. Let's read on in uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 5, beginning in verse 14. Paul continues on and he says, For Christ's love compels us, because we are convinced that one died for all, and therefore all died. And he died for all, that those who live should no longer live for themselves, but for him who died for them and was raised again. So from now on, we, we regard no one from a worldly point of view, Though we once regarded Christ in this way, we do so no longer. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come. The old has gone and the new is here. Paul understood that we were created to live and Paul also understood that we were elevated in him. We were created to live and then we've been now elevated in him. I mean, think about the wording here. Think about the concept, especially there. He's talking about the love and, 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 and uh, talking about Jesus 
And he's in verse 17, and then he says, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come. The old is gone. The new is here. You see, God has not only uh, uh, saved us and, and brought us, you know, helped us to become Christians, but within Christ, we have been elevated. We've been spiritually lifted up. And this is an amazing concept, this idea of being in Christ. You know, we are new in Christ. The old has gone. It is gone. There are certain qualities the Bible teaches that are connected to being in Christ. And so when you and I are in Christ, we take on these characteristics. You know, it's, it's very similar to, you know, when you take, you know, you, after dinner, you take the leftovers and you put them in the refrigerator, right? You take the leftovers, you put them in the fridge. What happens to the, the, the leftovers? They, they take on the qualities of the fridge, which is it's cold. And that's what happens when, when we are, when we become Christians, we are in Christ. And being in Christ, we take on the qualities that God has said about being in Christ. And we, in Christ, we are elevated in him. This is an amazing concept. And, and I, I, I've, I've taught on this before, and I don't feel like can, I can ever teach enough on this. And it's something that I constantly have to remind myself of. But when you look at, when you do a Bible study about the characteristics of being in Christ, you see some amazing things. For example, 2 Corinthians 5, 17, we just read, talks about being new in Christ. Romans chapter 8, verse 1, talks about in him, there is no condemnation. So in, in Christ, we are without condemnation. Colossians chapter 2, verse 9, talks about we have fullness in Christ. Ephesians chapter 1 has a bunch of them. Talks about how we have every spiritual blessing in him. We are holy and blameless in Christ. We have redemption in Christ. We have forgiveness in Christ. We have been chosen, the Bible says, in Christ. That's all in Ephesians 1. And the, there's many, many, many more. In fact, I would encourage you to do a Bible study of being in Christ and look at the qualities. Uh, the qualities that the Bible teaches are in him, are in Christ. You will not find any negative qualities. I have not found any. If, if you find one, let me know. But I don't think they're in there. It, it, being in Christ is nothing but good things, the Bible says. And so when we are in Christ, we, we, uh, we claim those, those qualities. These things are now true about us because we are in him. So Christians, let me just encourage you to remember that your spiritual status is not contingent on how you feel about your spiritual status. You know, sometimes we just base our, our, our well-being spiritually on how we're feeling. And understand, sometimes we feel bad. I, I, there's many times I feel bad. I have bad days. But I know that, that my spiritual status with God is not based on how I'm feeling. It's based on the fact that I'm in Him and these qualities have become true. You know, going back to the example of the leftovers being put in the fridge, you can't take, you know, a warm chicken from dinner, stick it in the fridge, and it stay warm. You can't do that. The, the, the chicken can't be like, you know, I understand that everybody else is, gonna, is cold in here, but I, I'm going to stay warm. 
No, the, the, the food will take on the qualities of the refrigerator. The same is true with you and I. When you're put into Christ and you're given redemption, you're given holiness and blamelessness, you're given no condemnation, you're given forgiveness, you're given, you're chosen. All of these things are true. These are true of you. You can't say, ah, no, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna stay a loser. You know, <laughs> I'm just gonna stay, uh, you know, bad person. No, you, you can't. You're in Christ. These things are true of you. So let yourself, let yourself feel, let yourself embrace that you've been elevated in him. This is what helped Paul see his, his, his troubles as light and momentary, is he knew that yes, life has pain. And yes, he's not saying he didn't have troubles and they were painful troubles, but he remembered that in Christ, he has been elevated. Christians, remember that. Keep that in your hearts. Non-Christians, if you're on this, if you're listening tonight and you're not a Christian, why? Why not? What is it that you have in life that keeps you from becoming a Christian? What is better than complete cleansing of all your guilt and all your sins and all your past and all your mistakes? What's better than being seen as holy and blameless and, and without uh, condemnation? What is better than that? Come on in, join us, you know, become a Christian. And maybe you're on this call and you're not sure. Maybe you're like, I, I'm not really sure where I stand. Am I a Christian? Am I not a Christian? That's okay. That's okay. We can help you. This is kind of what we do. We teach people the Bible. You can, you know, I know we're on Zoom, so, you know, you can't really grab any, but, but reach out. Reach out and we, can, and we can help you. We can show you the scriptures and help you know for sure exactly where you need to be uh, as a Christian and be in him. Uh, you don't have to be in the doubt, in the dark. You don't have to doubt where you are. God wants you to be in him. How is Paul able to look at these terrible things going on in his life and see them as light and momentary. Well, he understood. First, we, we are eternal beings. We have been created to live. And in Christ, we have been elevated. We have been given every spiritual blessing. And finally, I wanna look at one more as we close out 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 18. Paul writes, all of this is from God who reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation, that God was reconciling the world to himself in Christ, not counting people's sins against them. And he has committed to us the message of reconciliation. We are therefore Christ's ambassadors, as though God were making his appeal through us. And we implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. God made him who had no sin to be sin for us so that in him, there's another verse, in him we might become the righteousness of God. We are created to live. We have been elevated in him. And finally, we have been then commissioned to give. Created to live, elevated in him, and commissioned to give. Commission to give. This is God's plan. We have been given the task to spread this news around. Being commissioned. 
Being commissioned means to be given a, a task and to be given the authority to carry out a task. For example, in the military, when someone becomes an officer, they are commissioned. That means they're not only given a job to lead, but they're given the authority to lead. That They've given the, the backing and the power to lead, the resources to do that. An artist, for example, might be commissioned to create a piece of art. Well, that means they've not only been given the task, but they've been given the resources and the authority and the thumbs up and the approval. Go for it. This is, this is, you've been commissioned to do this. And so Paul is talking here how we have been commissioned. We have been commissioned to take this good news and, and tell people about it. You know, God's, God's chosen mode of communicating his message is people. It's not billboards. It's not magazines. It's not blimps. You know, it's not uh, TV commercials. It's people. That's God's chosen mode of, of communicating this amazing message to people. And it says here that <clears throat> he's committed it to us. Like he's, there's no plan B. You know, we are it. We are the plan. People are God's, in all of his great wisdom, it's, it's, it's a changed heart helping another heart to change. I mean, that's an amazing plan that God has. And I know that some of us are way more natural at this than others may be, you know, but the truth is we all have a part to play in helping to give hope to people. We all have a part to play in helping people learn how, learn that they have been created to live. We all have a part to play in, in, in helping people understand they can get into Christ and be elevated in him. Um, and so I would encourage you tonight, uh, I'd encourage you to, 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 if you haven't already, to start trying to shake off the cobwebs when it comes to giving people hope. You know, try to shake off the cobwebs. You know, we've been, you know, for years now, we've been, you know, we've been at home and we're coming out of being at home and <clears throat> trying to figure out life post-COVID and how does this work and how does that work? And and, and it can be a little tricky getting back into talking to people face-to-face -face and loving people and, and, and sharing with people. I was, uh, I was at the Home Depot the other day, and I was buying some stuff. And after I was done, I was getting ready to leave, and it was just me and the cashier. And, you know, something inside of me, I believe it was the Spirit, just said, you know, invite this guy to church. And I was like, oh, no, I, I, I don't want to. Oh, no, okay, all right, yeah, you're right, I need to do this, you know, so I was like, uh, you know, but by then the conversation was over, I'd already had my transaction, I was leaving, and then I was like, oh, wait, hey, um, you know, one more thing, you know, it was, it was like, uh, you know, it was, and I was, I, you know, I was like awkward and weird about it, I was like, hey, you want to, you want to go to church? Uh, I mean, I, you don't have to, but if you want to go to church, you, you totally can't go to, I mean, you may, may be into it, maybe you don't, like, I'm just like, I was just like so like out of practice and try, I'm trying to get back into practice. I'm trying to shake off these cobwebs and trying to, you know, but I was making it weird. And he's like, ah, no, I got to work on Sundays. I was like, okay, no, no, that's cool. That's cool. Yeah, yeah no, no, that's totally. <laughs> it's like, and, I'm, and I finally left. I'm like, that was so weird. But I'm glad I did it. I'm glad I did it. You know, I'm glad I put it out there and talked to the guy and who knows, man, just planting seeds and seeing what God does with those things. But let us, 
Let us reach out to people. Let's break through our fears. Let's give hope to people. Let's give hope to people, the the same hope that we have been given. You know, we are headed to eternity. And as the great philosopher Prince said, uh, that's a mighty long time. And so let us live this temporary life in, in glory, in honor of God. Let us remember, despite, in, 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 in the midst of our troubles, in the midst of our, our, our difficulties, doesn't make things easier, but let us just remember that we have, we've been created to live. This world is not our home, that we're, we're, we're going somewhere, and that in Christ we have been elevated and we've been given all the spiritual blessings. And God has entrusted us, invited us to join in giving hope and love to other people. So let us, let us take this temporary life we have and let us honor God with it. Amazing grace. The lyrics say, when we've been there 10,000 years, bright shining as the sun, we've no less days to sing God's praise than when we first begun. Let us use this temporary life to bring honor and glory to God. We're gonna close out our service tonight by uh, singing a song. This is a pre-recorded song done by our brothers and sisters up in Boston. And it's a really inspiring song to us to, just to remind us how great God is and, uh, and, and how we can use this life to really honor and uh, glorify him. 